You're very welcome. Uh, there's a session where we should have opportunities to be Mabitstaira for many, many years to come. And frankly, I consider this an opportunity to be Mabitstaira, not just in a sense to give Hespadim. These are Divrei Ha'arotz and Ha'arocha on some level, but they are also Divrei Chizuk and Esaurus for us. Divrei Taira. I imagine that for such Hespadim, you'd have to make a Birchus Taira for sure. Rabbi Say, on the one hand, the backgrounds of these two individuals couldn't be further apart. I must tell you that uh, I've seen comparisons being made that Rav Yitzhak Shiner's origins are similar to Rabbi Akiva. This is really not so. And I'll explain to you. Rabbi Akiva was an Amma Oritz in the, the classical sense of Chazal. Rabbi Akiva said when I saw Talmud Chochem, before he entered into the world of Torah, he was extremely antagonistic to Tommy Bechachon. And the fact of the matter is that he might have just as well be remained that way if it wouldn't be for a very unusual and unique individual. But that individual didn't send him to yeshiva or, or, or you know, inspire parents to let him go to yeshiva. This individual was my sanetish to give up her life, her lifestyle, fame, fortune. She could have gotten the best Bachar and Brisk, without a doubt. This woman by the name of Rachel Eshetz Rebbe Akiva. And instead, she was willing to be cut off. She eloped. And they lived in a hayloft in abject poverty, just so that he should be able to fulfill her dream that he should become a great Talmud Chacham. Rav Shainer is the Chainer of Rachel he grew up in Pittsburgh, the 1930s. Pittsburgh at that time had as many Jews as Vilna, 60,000 Jews. Vilna at the time of the Muhammad swelled to 80,000 because there were 20,000 Jews, Platon, who came to Vilna thinking that they would escape the wrath of the war because Lithuania had become independent. But unfortunately, almost all of them perished. But Pittsburgh was as big as Vilna. And Pittsburgh, and also Vilna, to a very great extent, had severed their connection to the Masoira Satira. But in Pittsburgh, they didn't even know that yeshivas existed in America. At Heichon Hadvarim Magim. There were certain individuals, Tamir Chachamim in Pittsburgh, classic Tamir Chachamim, giants of Torah. But the average Hamayin Am, even those who, those few who were Musr, who were Musr to Torah and Mitzvahs, to Shmira Shabbos, to Kashrus, but their intention was that their children should go to school, get an education, and school meant Peabody High School, and school meant University of Pittsburgh. He happened to be proficient, uh, something that's actually quite dear to me, he was proficient in mathematics and in Latin. And the fact of the matter is that he probably would have become a shnickel godel in that, amongst all the other substantial mathematicians. But fate would have it otherwise. Hey, fate, hashkocha pratis. So what happened? Everybody knows by now that Rav Shiner was visited by Mishalachim. His home was a place where 
mishulachim of all kinds came to collect money for institutions, for yeshivas, for themselves. And one of those mishulachim was the father of the Rabbi Bender, Zosan Gesund, of Far Rockaway, very famous mechanich in his own right. And he was a mishulach, I don't know for which yeshiva, but he convinced them that now that he's graduated high school, he should go to a yeshiva, which meant yeshiva Rabbeinu Yitzchokhan. And in fact, what happened was uh, either broke his leg or he hurt his leg, so he wasn't able to go for an entire semester. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. And after that, he did come to Yeshiva Sabin Yitzchokhanan and was a Talmud, I believe, of Rav Palei of Zechorin Lebracha, Rav was an extraordinary person and tremendous Talmud Chochem, of course, but also Sterling Midos, extraordinary individual, a real tzaddik. And as Rav Shiner himself says, these are his own words, he was kidnapped because he had to go a summer because he had some uh, respiratory issue. So he went to, to a summer camp, uh, Camp Masift, I believe. And in that camp, he was captured and taken away in chains to Yeshiva Star Vedas. And the rest is history, but what kind of a history? So he becomes a Talmud Mufak of Reb Shlomo Haiman. That's really incredible and a testament, testament to his very fertile and capable mind. I mean, a person, how much could he have possibly learned, if at all? So he, but he, but his, his stay with Rav Palayev obviously did him very well. And when he came to Rav Haiman, he became very soon one of his prized pupils, a Talmud Mufak. And from there, he joined the company of the Rosh Hashiva, Rav Ruven Grozovsky, who was the son-in-law, of course, of the Bikashmul, Rav Baruch Ber, and had come to America, and he was the Rosh Hashiva, and then he went and established the Koel, and uh, he, he made his base in Munsi, in Yeshiva Space Medrash Elyon. In fact, I remember when I was around the Bar Mitzvah age, actually visiting him long before I became a member of the family myself. But... Uh, at that time, he already had a stroke and he was very frail. But he became the Talmud of Rav Ruvain and very close to Rav Ruvain. And Rav Ruvain suggested to his brother-in-law, they were both brothers-in-law, they married the daughters of the Beir Kashmuel, of Rav Baruch Ber. Rav Moshe Berenstein, who had a daughter, and he married the daughter of Rav Moshe Berenstein. It's very interesting, you know, everybody speaks about his incredible hasmada. I mean, he could learn up to 18 hours a day for many, many years. Everybody speaks about his uh, commitment to learning, his commitment to Avedis to Hashem. Everybody speaks about his uh, influence on others, his being a Rosh Hashiva, uh, his inspiring many in Talmud Torah. But you know what I remember? My, my first memory when we went to Eretz Yisrael to visit a long, long time ago. I remember he had this tiny apartment and he was running a, a, a nursing home. He had his mother and his mother-in-law, the daughter of the Beit Hashemuel, and he was taking care of them. Unbelievable. With such ava and such graciousness and he was serving them hand and foot. That's Rav Yitzchak Shainer, Zechonim of Rachel. That's what I remember. 
And I remember that my son, Rabbi Baruch Ber, who is now in Lakewood, so he went to, to learn in Brisk and he went to visit them, of course. And he comes in and he calls me up and he tells me, you know, Tati, you know, he's running a nursing home. <laughs> That's much, same lotion. It's incredible. It's, it's a person who had tremendous, tremendous mysterious nefesh for whatever he did and an unbelievable sense of Kibbut Avain. But I also believe, and it was to his own mother as well, but I believe that he, he in his entire life, he could not understand the ways of Hashem, how morabu ma'asecha and how nifla it is that a person coming from Peabody High School should marry the granddaughter of the Birkashmur. And he once spoke and he said, and I, some of you may have seen the clip, he said that, could you imagine, he was three years the senior of this of his wife. And could you imagine that this boy of three years old who's playing, you know, with baseball cards, I guess, or whatever they play with at the age of three in Pittsburgh. And uh, a basco comes out, minashamayim, bas ploni leploni, the daughter of Rav Moshe Bernstein, the granddaughter of the Bir Kashmuel, one of the greatest of the Tamidei Chachomim, probably the master of Shishiva. One way or another, everybody has a shaykhist to the Birkashmul. Nobody understands his svarim, but every single Talmud Chacham ben Torah has his svarim in his house. It's unbelievable. The of the Birkashmul. Talmideyem, the Talmidei, Talmideyem. Ad hayoyim. That granddaughter is destined, says this Basco, to this American boy who doesn't know more than Aleph base. Pile it's really Pile Ployim. I'm reminded very much of the Loshan Rambam, not just the Loshan Rambam, but this is something that everyone knows. Everyone knows that the Torah is available to everybody, but the, the way the Rambam formulates it. What does the Rambam say in Hilchus Torah Peregimel Alocha Aleph? Very famous Loshan, of course, that everybody knows. So the Rambam says that. There are three crowns, three crowns. Kesa Torah, Kesa Kuna, Kesa Malchus. Kesa Kuna, Aaron. Aaron, Ubana, Bozoicha, Hoysaloy, Uzara, Achra, Brizkunas, Oilam. Kesa Malchus, Zochaboy, Dovid. There are other Malachim, but they're all ancillary, incidental. Bozara, Oilam, Yiyah, Vikisla, Kashemish, Negri. Dovid, Amelach. What about Kesa Torah? Zokt, Dalamam. Kesa Torah, Hare Munach. The Omeid Umuchon Luchol Yisrael. Munach means it's set aside. It is always available. Omeid Umuchon for every single yid. Shenema Torah Tzivalonu Moshe Meirosha Kehilas Yaakov. It's Meirosha for all of Kehilas Yaakov. Komisha Yirza Yavoy Vita. And I think that that's the reason that there's a baskol that's Yotzeis Mahar Chayiv, as it says in what we call the sixth parak of Pirkei Ovis, in that brisa, Shonu Chachomim B'Lushona Mishnah, the Mishnas Chachomim, that brisa that speaks about Torah in every which way. It says baskol Yotzeis Mahar Chayiv Machrezes V'Yaymeres Oylehem Labrios Me'el Bino Shel Torah. The Torah is so humiliated when it's rejected 
when it's misunderstood, when it's misinterpreted, but more than anything else, when you don't fall in love with it. You know, someone that's extraordinarily beautiful and gracious and charming and has every possible trait that you could imagine. And you just walk right by, you get very humiliated. And the Baskal comes out and says, Oilahem Labrias may And maybe Labrias not even for all Jews, but for everyone, because the world exists because of the Torah. That is the Baskal that says, Don't you see? It's so beautiful, this diamond, and it's just lying there for the taking. And it's Meirosha Kehilas Yaakov. So that was the incredible Basco, the other Basco that came out, Basploni Leploni, that this Bocher who is going to marry this girl is destined to go to Yeshivas Rabbeinus Gochonon and then to Yeshivas Tarvadas and then to Rebruvain and finally to end up in Eretz Yisrael, the Rosh Hashiva of the Kamenitz Yeshiva. Tremendous chidushim, tremendous shiurim, masmid otzum, an unbelievable bal chesed, bal kibud avaim. Thousands of lessons that you could learn from this person. And what's really relevant is that you could be that person, every single one who's listening. You, we could all become that person. You can start from Peabody High School and you can become that person. Now, it's an Indian of Abolatayah Messiah love. There's no question about it. But who knows what the Baskal said about any of you who aren't married yet? Who knows? Who knows? And maybe there's even a Rachel Eshitz Rebbe Akiva for some of you. I don't know. But you could become very great. You become very great and very, very valuable to HaKadosh Baruch and you could diminish the Elboina Shal Torah tremendously. So you see, here I am, and the whole world is available to me. I can do anything. I'm capable. I'm knowledgeable. I'm in this world. And I'm devoting myself to Torah learning. I think that's an unbelievable antidote to the Elboina Shal Torah. It's interesting. The Rav, when he was giving his Hesped, when he wrote his Hesped, on the brisker of his uncle, Rebelvel, Rabbi Yitzchak Zev, the father of Rabbi David Soloveitchik, in that Hesped, which is, it's a shame, I don't, I'm not aware that it was ever translated into English, but it should be. And if it was up to me to decide, I would ask them to translate it, not in this, uh, sophisticated philosophical English that most people do not understand. It's just, you know, Amcha kind of English, so that everybody could appreciate. Because there's so much there that's so important for us. But there's one Nakuda there that I wanted to emphasize, because it describes Brisk, it describes Rav David, and in a way, it describes the Rav himself, Zechonel of Rocha, our Rebbe, who was here for so many years, exactly fulfilling that role. The Rav distinguishes between the concept of Erison and Nisuin. And when it comes to the Pasuk that I just quoted, Torah Tzibolonu Moshe Meirosha Kehilas Yaakov, everyone knows that Meirosha Chazal Talas Altikrei Meirosha 
So ma'irasa does not mean engagement. In modern Hebrew, it means engaged. Ma'irasa is the Kenyan of Kedushin. As the Ramam says in the beginning of Hilchasishus, which you all know, that before Matan Torah, there was just Nisuin. That was the Kenyan, that was everything. But now, after Matan Torah, there are two stages. In the time of the Gemara, there was a year apart. Now we do everything under the Chuppah together. But the giving of the ring is Kedushin. Now she becomes an Ashish Ish. But in that being an Ashish Ish, it's an interesting thing. She's still Asura Olav. The bracha that we make, which is called the Sida Kedushin bracha, this is the bracha of Erison, that the Masad Kedushin recites together with the Bari Priyagofan, doesn't, obviously doesn't mean somebody else's Arusas. It means our own Arusas. Who was There has to be Nisuin. So there's a very interesting middle stage where on the one hand there's a Kenyan, but on the other hand there isn't that intimacy. With Nisuin there's intimacy. And then in the middle, the Rav points out that according to Rav Chaim, Nisuin is, not, is, is almost the opposite of Kenyan in the sense that it doesn't have a formal structure, doesn't have Edom. There is in Kedushin a Kenyan, but there is in Nisuin an intimacy. I'd like to just read one small passage, if I may, to be Mazbir, what is Nisuin as far as learning is concerned. If it's Mayrosha Kehilas Yaakov, then Kehilas Yaakov is entitled to reach the Madrega of Ma'orosa. And the Rav points out that Ma'orosa is a very high Madrega. He says, Erison in learning is tremendous. It's very, very important. He says, Zikas Erison Ketzad, when you speak about Erison vis-a-vis Torah, what does the Erison signify? And in contrast to Nisuin, what does Erison signify? Zok the love. Zika Seilus and Ketzan. Odom Yisrael Yochaliskos Batoyla Kedarach, Shaachel Koina Nechosin, Oymekadish Isha, the Kenyan Kesafashtal. Move on. He understands that the Kenyan in Ruchnius is not a formal Kenyan giving a ring or something like that. So, how do you acquire this wife of Torah through Erosin? He says, Total commitment. What the Chachamim call Yigia. Horavin and Lelman. Baalusai shall ha yogea betamudoi noises pri. Umizbates be a dias hatora vahavanosa. He learns Torah, he knows Torah, he understands Torah. Boki hu bahalochis. Yogea hu lahoyrois. He knows how to paskin. And he, he, he finds his place. You know, he, he knows the Torah. He has a, a legal understanding of Torah. He's connected to the Torah in that kind of legal way. Torah delehu, the Torah belongs to him. He has a Kenyan in the Torah. 
תקסיב קים בתוירס השם חפצוי, וסיירוסו יגה יוימון בולוילה. Now frankly, if I would have read this passage on its own independently, I would describe that the, the Rav is talking about the ultimate Talmud Chochem, that this maybe is really what Brisk is all about. But he says, no, Brisk is Nisuin. Ulam yeshna darga lemala mimena. There's a higher level than Eretzim. There's Nisuin of Torah. The prokim at Torah nises laodam umizdavegasimai. There's a bonding with the Torah. And it, it, it becomes one with him. He is one with the Torah. I think one of the things that happens is they can't stop thinking about it. Now, Brisk was famous in that whatever they were doing, whoever they were, their mind, the good chalik of their mind was preoccupied. I would almost use the word obsessed with some Torah issue, some Torah problem, a machlokas ramam and raivet. I remember that Rabbi Menachem Ganak offered a pshat in Shear one night, one day, towards the end of the Shear. And the next morning, I had whatever reason I had to visit the Rav to ask him something about whatever. And I knocked on the door, it took a few seconds, but the Rav opened the door, and it took him a few seconds to focus on who's standing in front of him. And he doesn't say, Shalom Aaron, or Shalom Aleichem Aaron, or come in Aaron. He says, I was right. And I immediately understood what he was talking about. He had had this sikh he gave his pshat, Rebbe Menachem gave his pshat. At the time in the shir, he was moedah to Rebbe Menachem. And he changed his mind. He must have been thinking about it all night. I don't mean that he spent 12 hours thinking about it. But the thing is on his mind. It's in the back of his mind. The Rav used to talk about acute awareness and latent awareness. He spoke about it many times. Uh, a mother always is thinking about her child. That doesn't mean that she doesn't, uh, she can't solve a mathematical puzzle, which requires your, your, your focus. But somewhere in there, there's always the child. That's brisk. That was the brisk Rav. That was Reb Chaim. That was Reb Moshe Soloveitchik. That was our Rav. And that was Reb Beryl. And I thought for a moment, and he goes on and he explains a number of other things, which frankly, even without reading what the Rav said, I would have said that this is exactly what the Rambam is saying. Not in Hukas Torah. But he says it in Hukas Tshuva, Perik Yehud, very famous Perik. Speaks about Avodah Me'ava. The Rambam says, Kate said he or Avo Haru'uya. I'm sure that all of you know this Rambam by heart. Very, very intense, very powerful. You could take out Avas Hashem and substitute Avas because Avas Hashem at that moment, in that way, for that person, is one and the same Amish. Now, shoige means, in the Rambam's language, obsession and preoccupation. The Ravid takes issue with what the word shoige means. Does it mean song? Does it mean that you're so preoccupied that, you, that everything else is a, is a shigiyah, is, 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 is a mistake, it falls away, you get confused? 
and you, know, you, you, you falter because you're, you're so focused. But whatever it is, Lamai said the Ravid and the Rambam were the same, and they both had the same feeling, the same Ava, and there's this brisk. And there's many Talmidi Chachamim that reach a madrig of Nisuin. What's how, how is love sickness defined? I have to tell you something. The first time that I learned this Rambam, I had a very big question. A question, you know, a typical youngster thinks about such things and he comes to conclusions. I said to myself, if you're really lovesick, how do you ever get anything done? If you're really going to walk around in a fog the whole day, then you're not going to accomplish anything. So here's a Torah, which is very formal and technical and full of mitzvahs, and it requires a lot of attention. And the person is there, busy, preoccupied, and obsessed. You, you, you imagine somebody that walks in the street, bumps into a telephone pole, and says, excuse me, because he doesn't realize he didn't bump into a person. How a person can ever fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah, which are so precise and require such technical attention? You know, and then one day I realized that this is the pshat. The pshat is if you really love somebody and they ask you to get your ice cream at three o'clock in the morning and all the stores are closed except the store that's 10 miles away, you go ahead and you do it because you love that person so much that suddenly distances in the time of the night doesn't make anything, doesn't mean anything. And I think that's what the Rambam meant. Avoida me'ava is the kind of avoida that adarava va'adara pays attention to the smallest detail and everything matters. And Reb David is so famous at Brisk, the Briskarov and Reb David, how they paid attention to the details of the matzah and the Esrugan Lulav and, and on and on. And in the Benodom Chavero, by the way, also. And everything was structure and formality and, and din and halacha and detail. But it was all with that Ava of Choylas Ava, Ani. Shendaitai Pnuya, there's nothing else, nothing else exists. Less asar ponimile suddenly translated that Abbas Hashem. It's translated less asar belibi ponimimeni. Less asar bemochi ponimimeni. The Ramah says, Ben Beshiftai, Ben Bekumai, Ben Beshoshu, Eichel Beshoisa. He's pouring the cereal and he's thinking, what's a Yishuv in the steer in the Ramah? Or what's a Yishuv in the Kasha of the Ravid on the Rambam? I also thought, that there's another very important Nakuda in this kind of love affair with Torah, which creates the intimacy of Nisuin. And that is that it's a tremendous protection because it envelops you, it entrances you. You know, when you're in love with this woman that is being described in Shira Shirim, you can't love anybody else and you can't fall into the trap of anyone else. Posuk initially, very famous posuk in Perik Hey, Yehi Makarcha Baruch Usmach Meyeshes Nurecha, rejoice with the wife of your youth. And then the posuk describes her, Ayela Sahavim, Diyalas Chain, Dadeha Yeravucha, the Chol Eis, Ba'avosa Tishge Tomid, use the same word, Tishge Tomid, that the Ramam uses in Nechos Tshuva in the 10th Perik, about Avoda Me'ava. Shoyge 
You know what the Rambam says at the end of Hilchus Yisurei Bia, the very last halacha, Perk Chavbeis Halacha Chavalif. What does the Rambam say? Achein Yinhoig leYisrachik min Aschoyik min Ashichrus from the Divrei Agovim. He should distance himself from all of these narishkaitin, things that are frivolous and things that are full of letzanos and from 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 drinking min Ashichrus. And from, from, from love, love stories, love, love, love plays, love movies. Because these are very damaging. These are the stepping stones for Arias. And then he says, More important than anything. He should preoccupy himself with Torah. And the Ramam could easily have said, because when you preoccupy yourself with Torah, you'll forget about all that marishkeit. You'll forget about all of those temptations. You'll forget about all of those interests. Because you'll be interested in Torah. But the Ramam doesn't say that. The Ramam adds... That he could have stopped right there, but he doesn't stop there. He finishes with Pasuk test of Perik Hay of Mishlei, the Pasuk we just mentioned. I think what the Rambam is saying is very Pashat. The Rambam is saying that when you're busy with this life, you won't be busy looking at anybody else. So you, all your interest in all of those things that are licentious, all those things that are dirty, they're going to fall away because you have eyes only for one thing, one beautiful, lovely, attractive wife. And that wife is called Tyra. She's so beautiful. I think this really describes, really, really, in a very big way, it describes the, the, the whole concept of brisk. Brisk was an obsession with Torah. And I think that Nisuim, the rabbi is saying, led to this idea of the brisk aderach. I, I, I would never suggest for a moment that if you're not immersed or enmeshed in the brisk aderach and the brisk way of thinking, that uh, you could not fulfill the Ayelah Sahab and the Alaschem Darga Nisuin. The Rav was describing his Mishpacha, was describing his uncle, he was describing the house of risk. But no question that this is true of Rabbi Chaim Aloshan, it's true of the Nitziv, it's also true of the Vilnagon, and it's true of Gedolim, that before and after. This sense of complete envelopment of Torah. But what the Rav was saying is that that led, in the case of Brisk, to Reb Chaim's Koyach HaChidush. That intimacy led to the instinctual understanding of Torah. You know, the, 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 maybe, you know, he, he distinguishes between the Ptolemaic system and the Newtonian system and then, then, then the, the Einsteinian systems. Because Brisk denies common sense. It doesn't allow you to interpret the Torah based on your understanding, but forces you to base your understanding on the categories of the Torah. And the Rav, of course, spoke about this so many times in so many different ways and venues.
no common sense. It's not what I decide makes sense. It's what the Torah tells me makes sense. And that's why there's such an incredible emphasis on the words, on the language, because how am I going to know what the Torah says? If I interpret it and I can interpret it my way, then I understand whatever it says. I know what it says because that's how I understand it. But if I have to un- understand it based on what the Torah says, I better be very medactic in the language. And as you know, brisk is very medactic in the language. Why does the Rambam formulate it exactly this way? Because his understanding of the Gemara was exactly like this. It doesn't sit so well with me. What difference does it make? But in principle, of course, cannot say that the Nisuin concept was relegated to a, a, a Mishpacha in Yisrael. Because all Eresim could theoretically lead to Nisuin. My Rosh Akibas Yankovs may be much larger. The Eresim. But Eresim can lead to Nisuin. And Eresim that doesn't lead to Nisuin is incomplete. But Torah is Munachas Bekeren Zavis. You know, my father, Zechonel of Rocha, used to say that in the Musar yeshivas, he learned in Pinsk, in the Vardik. But in the Musa yeshivas, they used to steal the people against being, uh, you know, bishval haruach, a feeling like uh, they're second-class citizens because the world was passing them by. They couldn't even get shidduchim in Europe, some of them. Wonderful B'nai Torah, because they were B'nai Torah. And so they were steeled, they were inured. So they used to say that that's the way of Torah. Torah is monachas bekeren zavis. So they asked the question, what does keren mean? A corner. What is zavis? A corner. So why be redundant? What does it mean? Torah monachas bekeren zavis. And they answered, because even in the corner, it only has a corner. But that is the most important place to be that anyone could ever imagine or want. At Torah monachas bekeren zavis. So from Peabody High School, he ends up in Yerushalayim in Kamenetz Yeshiva of Yitzchak Shaino Zechoyinu Levacha. Unbelievable. So you know, Rabbi Say, I found a, a, an English translation of a section of his tzavah. You know, he wrote a, a, a tzavah for his family, which this part they were mafarsing. And this is how it goes. To my precious grandchildren, descendants, and Talmidim, who are beloved to me with all my heart. This is Rav Yitzhak Shainer speaking posthumously through a tzavah that he had written. It says here, it states, for I loved him because he commands his children. Of course, he's talking about Avram Avinu, ki yadativ, Rashi says, Loshen Chiba, it's a language of love, ki yadativ. Because he commands his family, he gives over Masorah to his family to his children, to his descendants. And since I know that you will, your will is to fulfill my will, I request of you that each person should dedicate his entire heart to the toil and study of Torah, and especially in the way of our grandfather, Rav Baruch Berzatzal, with true depth and immersion. I have also applied my mind to contemplate and request something upon which many of the essentials of Torah depend. And that is the topic of distancing oneself from the various improper technological devices. With pleading, I request that you always continue to be particular, to distance yourselves from all those improper devices in any manner, even when it is extremely difficult. 
for anyone who is attached to them cannot become attached to Torah. And with this, I will know that I will have merit and tranquility. I was thinking to myself that most probably he felt that you couldn't get past, if you'll forgive the uh, the expression from Peabody High School, past first base. But I mean to say that he probably felt that you couldn't get to the stage of Arison. But certainly no one will ever get to the stage of Nisun. It's, uh, you know, when you give Hespedim, you know, it's not appropriate to pick and choose the things that resonate with you and try to kind of like eschew everything else. You know, the person is who he is and his greatness manifests itself in all of the aspects of his personality. These people were very, very great. And I would also like to, to add, they were great in Benodo Machavero. They were great in Chesed. You know, Reb Chaim's house was Grand Central Station. The door was never closed. Someone once suggested to Reb Chaim, since the door is always open, why bother putting on a door? You have to push it forward, push it back. It's anyhow open and available to everybody. So take the door off. Reb Chaim says, take the door off. It's a whole shiloh if I can have a mezuzah. I need the door so that I can have a mezuzah. That's why he had a door. They tell stories as well known that his own children, they used to come home sometimes late and they would find someone sleeping in their their bed. And so it's my bed. Chaim says, it's not your bed. (laughs) Naraman comes, he needs to sleep. He has a place to sleep. It's not your bed. That's where you sleep when he's not there. It's mind-boggling. Everybody knows all the stories about Reb Chaim and the foundlings that they put by his door. Everybody knows the stories about Reb Chaim that he fought for the Gvura of this uh, desperate indigent person in the face of the Gvura of the Gvira of the town. It's very appropriate, you know. Vohayu ki Yitzhak v'shamati ki Chananani the Parshas Mishpatim. That's the story of, of, of Brisk, and that's the story, you know. And, and you know what's interesting? It even comes from the diktuk of halacha itself. Diktuk of halacha demands, Pesach says, De The Ramam at the end of Hilchus Isurim is Bayach. says, Kol dovo shu l'shem okel atov yiyem in ayofav atov shebin achosav. One of Esakneses has to build it greater and grander than his own house. If a person has to give the finest food on his table, he has to give the, the poor man who's, whom he's feeding. Kisa Araim should be the nicest coat that he has. They tell stories about Gedolim, that they gave away their precious pair of tefillin. I think the story of one of the Gerarebbes, maybe, I'm not sure, but whichever it was, he had a pair of tefillin that went back to was, was, was worn by the, the biggest tzaddikim. And a, a person came, he doesn't have tefillin, and he gave him his tefillin. and says, what are you doing? He says, I'm fulfilling the Ramah, Yisurim Mizbeach. Last halacha of Yisurim Mizbeach. Because kol chayla v'lashem. You know, some people think that this is a substitute for zekei van ve'yu, which the Ramah never brought down. That you got to give the best, the nicest. And I point out, no, not at all. 
it's not a substance that Keli Vanveyu, because everything that the Gemara in Masechah Shabbos mentions about Zekeli Vanveyu is a chepsashal mitzvah that belongs to me and stays with me. It's my tefillin and my esrug, my lulav, my sukkah. Good, it's wonderful. You're doing it. You know, you, otherwise, you wouldn't spend that kind of money. So it's kevaldik. Abalamaisa, it stays with you. Yisurim is beyach ha'alochis, you're giving it away. When you give it to the Oni, you're giving it to Hashem. When you're building the Beisach Nessus, you're building it for Hashem. And it doesn't remain in your pocket. You have to give the best. And it's interesting. I, I would say that the lumbus of it in Hilchus Stalker, there's no halacha that you have to give your fanciest coat. You have to give the coat that's most appropriate to this person. Maybe the fanciest coat might not even be as warm. I don't know. It's, it's certainly warm, but it, otherwise it doesn't fulfill its purpose. Can't give a person a spring coat in the freezing cold and say, I'm giving you my nicest spring coat. But that's not the Nakuda here. The Nakuda is that you're giving away the best of what you have. You follow halacha, you end up being a tremendous Baal Chesed. You follow the halacha, you become a tremendous Baal Tzedakah. Remember the Rav, countless stories about the Rav's incredible Chesed, including to people that, I won't finish the sentence. Because if you have that intimacy with the Torah, you are a Baal Chesed. And you want to give over your Torah. And you want to have Talmud. And I just want to close with one more point. There's something very unique about the brisk dynasty of Torah. We hope it lasts and lasts and lasts. But the brisk dynasty of Torah is this tremendous understanding that learning begins in your childhood, almost in your infancy, and continues till the end of your life, and that the Tata is the Rebbe of his children. And they became unbelievable pedagogues for the world with unbelievable clarity of Hasbara, but they were the Iker, the pedagogues of their children. The Rav used to speak about his father teaching, learning. I learned from my father. I heard from my father. I heard from my father. I heard from my father. How many thousands of times we heard that over the years. I heard from my father in the name of Rab Chaim. Thousands of times. This I didn't learn with my father. You read any biography of Rav David Soloveitchik, any of the write-ups, you will see exactly the same thing. The Biskarov hovers over him and he doesn't leave his father's sight. Harvin and Lernan, Nochamo, Nochamo, Chazora, understanding, depth, comprehension, deep, deep comprehension can't satisfy yourself with the superficial. What you see is not what you get. You got to burrow further. You have to dig harder. What's the principle behind everything? It was a revolution of Torah and Torah love. It was a revolution of Torah commitment. And these two individuals have a big chalik in the renaissance of Torah in the Tkufa after the Muhammad. You have the giants, you know, Ravaron Kotler, 
Chazanish, the Biskarov, the tremendous giants. But then you needed like the, the, the what's the next step? What keeps it going? They had Rebero, David, Mayor. That's what kept it going. And now you have, you know, the best boy of Brisk. But Lamaisa, Brisk. And Rebitzok Shiner, Peabody High School. Class of what, 38 or whatever. I don't know. There's a lot to learn. But there's also a lot to apply. That's really what we strive for, whether we know it or not. We're really deep down in our neshama, this is what we want. The antidote to Eilehem Labriyos Meil by Mishal Torah. I give my birchas coin to whoever's listening and whoever hears the tape, that they should become what they can become. That's all. All you have to do is become what you can become. You don't set up yourself a person that you have to be like that person, except the like is with a small L. But when we hear about these people, we also hear about what is it, Hashem Elokech from you. If we try to live up to what Hashem wants from me, from little me, then we will become what we need to become. And the Rebbe Shalom will be besimcha atzuma and will be great assets to Klal Yisrael and will be zoichah, hopefully, to be as Mashiach Tzidkenu b'mehel of Yameinu Amen.